Seattle Sports Station presents the K.J. Wright Show. The ball is intercepted. K.J. Wright reaches up about 13 feet in the air. Number 15. Now every Wednesday with Brock and Saul. How y'all like that? Brought to you by Muckleshoot Casino. All right, here he is. And I know this is what everyone's been waiting for all morning, really since last week. <laughs> KJ's here. What's going on? Good morning, good morning. All right, we got a lot of football to talk. Seahawks have won three games in a row. Yep. Defense is physical. Yes. But just quickly, you had told us you were going to be Batman. Yes. And we were expecting, because I heard some stories behind the scenes of the party you were going to. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I hear that you were not Batman, that you mm-hmm. you made some sort of, I thought it was going to be, was Batman and Spider-Man you were going as? I was going, I was going as Batman. Okay. I went and bought my outfit, okay. tried it on. It fit perfectly. Yeah. And um, but when I put it on, it was just I, I chickened out. Yeah. It's like a onesie. It was really tight. Yeah. My wife yeah. supposed to be Catwoman. I said, "Babe, buy you a Catwoman suit. Right. We'll tag team this thing." Right. She went as a ninja. Mm-hmm. I was like, "I can't go as Batman <laughs> by yourself. I can't go as Batman." No. So I went with my old faithful thriller, Michael Jackson. Have you done that before? Yeah, I did for my thirtieth birthday. <laughs> <laughs> my 30th birthday party had the red, um, yeah. tight red pants, white socks. You like wearing tight pants, it seems like. It seems like that's sort of part of the thrill you know, for you for I, Halloween. I made a I made a living out of it. <laughs> a little pocket change. <laughs> and uh true or false, Michael's sister was at this little party yes, too. Yes, and she loved my outfit. Latoya was there, Latoya wow. Jackson. I love your outfit. It's so nice. I said, Thank you. It's but what but wasn't it just a re- sort of sounds like Michael? That's how she talks. I know. Isn't that kind of weird? It runs in the family. <laughs> they just all talk the same. Everybody in the family is the same voice. Yeah. And Dennis Rodman was there. Whoa. Yeah. Did you talk to him? No. I was I was a little starstruck. I was like, really? that's freaking Dennis. It's like, go say hey to him. Go say hey to him. I was like, no, I'm going to leave him alone. Really? Was he, yeah. was he dressed up? No. Okay. Well, you know, he's already he's, he's already animated. <laughs> he had, the, he had the, the lip ring and yeah. the uh, sunglasses on, so I guess he had his costume He's got on. his sunglasses on inside, KJ Wright is starstruck. Yeah. Huh? Does that happen a lot? I think a listener hears yeah. that and says, hold on a second. This KJ is, Wright? This is Dennis Rodman. So? You're KJ Wright. You're KJ stinking <laughs> Wright. Oh, man. No. I, I know Dennis it. Rodman. Dennis Rodman does not know me. You sure about that? I didn't ask to find out. I'd kind of like to find out. <laughs> I, did, I didn't ask I mean, to I find gotta, out. You played in the NFL. You won a Super Bowl. I mean, like, your name is thrown about quite a bit. You don't think Dennis Rodman knows who you are? I don't know. I know that I was not about to go say hey to him. <laughs> wow. I just admired from afar. Yeah. That's nice of you. You didn't want to get his autograph? <laughs> hey, Dennis. I just wanted a picture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I chickened out. Gosh. I wow. That's, chicken that's out with here. Batman. Chicken out with. <laughs> I know. You should have gone and talked like North Korea with him or something. Don't I think know. of the stories you could get out of Dennis Rodman. All right. Let's talk some Seahawks. Three wins in a row. Uh, mm-hmm. And KJ, we could not stop talking on Monday uh, about just how physical they Ooh. were. And especially the defense. How does a team go from being not physical to physical in like three weeks? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. What are we? Right, well, we're moving on anyway. Man, but it was a beautiful thing to see. I don't know if we give Bruce Irvin a little bit of credit. Okay. But ever since I feel like Bruce came on the scene, it's just seen a different mentality out of these guys. And um, going into the week, we talked about it. Saquon Barkley is going to get his carries. If he's under 100 yards, we have a really good chance of winning this football game. And they absolutely destroyed that young man. How about under 60 yards? 
On the 60. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And you just look at the mentality they came out with. I went on um, the Colin um, Hurd Colin show. Coward show. Colin Coward I, show. Yeah. You, and you don't think Dennis Rodman knows who you are. <laughs> Big and, time. Yeah. We heard. You got all up in your feelings. Do you almost cry on the show? Do you almost get you to tears? Is yeah. that true? No. No, 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 no. I just told Colin. I said, Colin, I had a moment during the game. Like some, like something like chills came through my body when I was watching it. And it was like the third, fourth quarter. Um, just the elements of the game. Um, the third down was happening. I was like, something is special happening here. Were you there at the game or was, you no. got that even at home? I felt it through the TV. Whoa. And, I, and I, I saw the fans cheering. The fan base is finally coming around, believing, like capturing this season. It was a beautiful feeling can, that I can had. Can I follow up on that, Brock? I know you got something, but I, I got to jump in here for a second because – I, I was watching that game, and I, I felt something also in the fourth quarter mm. late. Not the not the very end of the game, but the last real defensive stop they had, where it they almost you know they almost had a pick, and they mm. and then it had a sack, and it just felt like they were anticipating the moment was about to occur yep. where they where they'd blow the roof off the place, and yep. it was the first time in a while that it reminded me of when you guys were playing in the early years. When you would get that feeling, like, oh, Bruce is going to come up with a sack, or KJ's going to get a pick, or Earl's going to do, like, mm-hmm. they're going to ice this game, yep. even though it's already over. They're going to make the one last great play to end it, and you knew it. Absolutely. And you seemed, like, what was that feeling like when you were on the field? You you knew something good was going to happen. He was like, okay, here's the situation. We know our calls. We know what we're supposed to do. Third and eight, we know what they what the tendency is. Something's good is about to happen. It's going to be a sack. I'm going to trust my teammate on this play. He's going to make a play. It's going to be a PBU, an interception. Something's great is going to happen. And it's not that, um, like, just some magical thing will happen. It was something that we would practice day in and day out. It's a trust and a chemistry that we have with one another. And I kid you not, like, people have been asking me all year, does this remind you of 2011, 2012? Yeah, you know, it does. It does. A little bit. But I actually felt it. Mm. I actually felt it when I watched this game. And so um, a beautiful sight to see, and these guys just getting started. Was that LaToya that asked you that in that voice? <laughs> <laughs> You're funny, Brock. No, she, we didn't talk football. We didn't talk football. Oh, I got you. Uh, so you didn't answer the question. Uh, Pete did on Monday. Salt so kind of asked him the same thing, and he came to two words. And then consistently over our time with him on Monday, KJ, he said confidence and consistency, mm. confidence and consistency that we basically played the same game three weeks in a row. Yep. Didn't matter the opponent, didn't matter their style, whether it was finesse with Arizona or ground and pound with Saquon and everything else. So we're just consistently playing mm-hmm. our game. And then he used that word confidence. That's why they're aggressive. That's why they're pulling the trigger. Absolutely. What is confidence defensively? Confidence defensively is, first of all, knowing yourself, knowing what your responsibility is, knowing what the plan is, what is the game plan that we have on defense, and then putting that on to your opponents. Okay, I have this confidence that I know that Brandon Meebane is going to be in this B-gap. So if I even see this guy take an inch to my left, I'm shooting it. I'm shooting it because I know that he's going to do his job. I know Bobby's going to do his job. And we're so intact. We're so connected that I can just move so freely. And we're able to move freely without thinking. We're able to trust your teammates. It's just you're just moving in sync. You're when not even the, thinking about it. Right, we're going to get to some of the Wayback Machine here because is that Latoya asked you and others with that same voice <laughs> have asked you because it does feel a little like 11 and 12. How long does it take to work in unison like that? 
How long does it take? And you were the elevator in high school, right, mm-hmm. on that hoops floor. Mm-hmm. Is there something to a defense playing like that compared to like a 2-3 zone in basketball or a 1-3-1 zone in basketball where everybody is moving kind of in unison? Absolutely. And, and, this, and it's building, Brock. It's building. It's not here. Let's, let's just be honest. It's not here, but it's building to something special. You know, we've seen it these last few weeks. We saw the the early early few weeks when they just couldn't stop the run, giving up 40-plus points. It doesn't just magically happen in three weeks. You know, it's weakening out of the regular season. Let's keep building this thing. Consistency keeps going and going and going. And so they got a tough opponent this week in Arizona. Got to go out there and do it again. That field is evil too. Yeah. Just like injuries and everything else, it's been, it's been a it's been an evil place mm-hmm. for these Seahawks for a variety. Not necessarily they've won a lot of games there. The Red Sea, man. Of, uh, the Red Sea. Don't tell me about the Red Sea. You know how I feel about this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hate. The, first of all, I hate the Cardinals. I just think it's okay. a pathetic organization. They're lame. They're awful. Their ownership's bad. Just bad oh. organization. And bad feel. fans, really. And and I think the <laughs> most ridiculous thing is that they named their fan base the Red Sea. What's the most famous thing that the Red Sea ever did? It parted and allowed Moses and the Israelites to go straight down the middle. How could you possibly name your fan base after the Red Sea? When did they do that? I didn't. Senseless. It's the it's the dumbest thing. It's dumber than the Milwaukee Bucks naming their team after prey. Both things incredibly stupid. We'll be right back with KJ Wright. I love it. It's Brock and Salk, CL Sports on seven ten. This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle's Sports Station. I don't even like talking over this song. It just feels like sacrilege. It's not right. One of the all-time greats. KJ Wright is here. It's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com. Uh, we're going to address quarterback play coming up in 15 minutes at 830. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk through what Gino is doing and why and how and what comes next. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, what happened at the end of the game on uh, early, early uh, Sunday morning from London as Russell Wilson drove his team down for a big touchdown. So uh, we'll get there in about 15 minutes. Um, got some sound wanted to play you. Brock, I know you want to go first. Why don't you jump in here first, and then I'll, I'll sure. jump after you. Yeah, as, as much as I think the national audience is getting excited about Gino, and you're hearing even three-letter words like MVP uh, around him and his body of work, uh, the defensive guys, the Ryan Clarks, the Marcus Spears over at ESPN are getting excited too. KJ, help me understand in the audience what Marcus Spears, former defensive lineman, meant when he said this on NFL Live earlier this week. There's a great gospel song called Jesus Be Offense. And that's what to see all the Seahawks defensive line is right now. <laughs> y'all, football is back. I want to thank the football gods for bringing big man football back. First of all, they they are now, because of the league, and we had that conversation about play action, putting yeah. your quarterback under center. Old, bodies old school runs coming back. Gap scheme, double isos, power game. P. Carroll is living in his world, and we all are enjoying it. This is a bare front, my people. This is when you put a zero technique over the center's head, and you have two, three techniques. This commits you to not having to add extra guys in the box, and you can still have enough people on the back end for coverage. This is how you get the run stop. The New York Giants came in, and Saquon came in averaging over 100 a, a rip on the ground. What P. Carroll said is, I'm going to make Daniel Jones and these receivers beat us and I'm not going to have to commit seven or eight guys to the box to do it. 
Okay, so I like and understand a bunch of that, KJ, mm-hmm. but I thought I thought that that bear front was some of the problem, some of the C-gap run they were giving up earlier this year, that putting Puna and those guys in a, in a bear front just catching blockers mm-hmm. was more of the problem, and we've mm-hmm. seen less of it. So help me understand what, what I'm missing there. Absolutely, Brock, and when we was watching that bear front, they were – it was soft. It was really soft. But go back and watch the film, and you will look at these guys. They are now getting off of blocks. They are taking it on and shedding and making their plays. Look at the linebackers. I finally I saw Jordan Brooks able to get in the backfield um, to get a t- to get a TFL. So when you look at these guys up front. When I said jiggy rig a couple of weeks back, and no one knew what the heck I was talking about. <laughs> Jiggy rig this front to the strength of these guys. And I love how these guys are still in the bare front, but they're doing they're playing it more aggressive. Mm. They're using their strengths to attack, get off of blocks, and to make plays. If you want to play with two high safeties, there is an extra gap up front. So what you guys gotta do is take it on, shed, make the play. Mm. Shock and shit. Shock and shit. Shock and shit. So so same front, same scheme, oh, yeah. but using a slightly different technique rather than trying to stand your ground in two-gap, you're shedding and, and actually trying to get into the backfield and penetrate a little bit. You saw that miss when they were playing like one and a half, two yards off the ball? Yep. What? Get that out of here. <laughs> Jiggy rig, let's change that. Get off, get on the ball, crowd the ball so you can get your pass rush going, so you can get up and engage the guy. You can be on the attack versus catching him. Take them, engage them, see where the ball is, boom, make the play. How's, how is Jordan playing? Oh, my God. Let me, let me, let's take our time with Jordan. Okay. Let's take our time with Jordan. Um, <laughs> let's take our time with Jordan. <laughs> Sorry. Somebody's throwing you off your game. That's Sorry. You. No, it wasn't me. When, um, that time it wasn't me. It was more. <laughs> When that Bob- wasn't me, it was just Oh, all right. No, no, it was shaky. It was shaky in the bathroom. Seriously. Yeah. Listen, when Bobby left, the biggest question I had with this defense was, who is going to be the guy to keep everyone on the same page? 70,000 fans, you know, 70,000 fans, new defensive coordinator, new scheme. How was this defense going to move properly? And when they told me Jordan was going to be the man, I was like, okay, I need the communication to be on point. Uh, mental errors, um, I don't want to see those. And he has been absolutely lights out. He's just communicating extremely well, pointing at stuff. You can see him and Quandre communicating throughout throughout the uh, game. Hmm. And so when I look at Jordan and what he's doing for this defense, I'm really loving what I'm seeing. And so you like the tackle, job. Like the tackle he made of Saquon? Nice, strong one. tackle. I would have loved for him to drive him back. He kind of like grabbed him and torqued him, torqued him down. That's very, very picky. Jeez, hey, I'm a linebacker. <laughs> I'm a linebacker. I mean, Saquon's pretty good. No, I, I would think any time Jordan, you get him down Jordan, in space. Is, Jordan is very good as wow. well. Wow, wow. I, I, I love, I love, love the it. TFL. All right. If I'm his coach, hey, Jordan, take him, drive for five. When you were playing, did you? Pete talks a lot about competition. Did you ever feel like you're, there was competition for your job? Heck yeah. <laughs> what? You know, I had, um, I had Malcolm Smith. Malcolm Smith was. Uh, Super Bowl MVP. It's <laughs> still kind of weird. Who should have been the MVP of that Super Bowl? Malcolm. Malcolm he scored a touchdown and he got a fumble Cam? recovery. Cam. Cam no. scored a touchdown. Wow. Cam was playing phenomenal, but I had Malcolm Smith. 
I got benched uh, my tenth year in the NFL. Yes, I had competition. All right, good. Well, I'm glad you had to fight for my life. It felt like there were points at which Pete got away, maybe a little bit from some of that at some of the positions as the guys got older. And we've heard Cowherd, your guy now, apparently Cowherd said that you know Pete's best with younger players, and I Mm -hmm. wondered whether the competition thing works best when guys are young and hungry and all of that. We'll, We'll bring this around to Gino in a minute. But I was, uh, he was asked about Mike Jackson, who had his best game yet, right? He was really physical, a couple of hard hits. We call him Thriller. Yes. Uh, well, I thought that's what we called KJ now. But uh, here was what Pete said about why he was playing so well. Comp works in, in special ways. And he's, uh, I don't know that specifically, but yeah, in, in general, it's going to be a factor because Trey's a good football player. And when he gets back to game speed and ready to go, um, you know, he's. You know, he's going to try to make something happen himself, so we'll see how it goes. Um, there's nothing I love more than seeing that, you know, and and it's hard. It's hard on guys. You know, guys like to kind of get comfortable, and I get my spot, and, you know, I kind of own it, but um, that it's not always like that, you know, and so that's what good comp does. You buy that? Comp. Absolutely. Comp. Yeah, absolutely. I believe that pressure is good. Good athletes like that pressure. Good athletes like like to look at another man that's trying to creep up on their on their spot and be like, hey, bro. You stay back there. This this is this is mine to have, and so um, it definitely makes the whole team better. It makes the environment healthy in the locker room. Competition is healthy, and so um, when you look at Mike Jack, he's playing phenomenal. Trey Brown, before he got hurt, I love what I was seeing out of him. But the thing is, when you coming back from an injury like that, like that, come on now, let's let's be honest. That takes some time to mm-hmm. build up, and you know, if he does come back, it's going to be very you know sporadic. And so, Mike Jack is playing phenomenal. Keep that going. You know, how did that work? We got just about thirty seconds here, KJ. So maybe we'll hold it, and you can answer it on the other side. But you know, when Damon was in New England with Bill Belichick, you felt that. Like he said, even Tom Brady came in, and every day Bill made you on edge. You were mm-hmm. never, ever, ever comfortable. When I sit with Pete Carroll, when we watch Pete Carroll, he's the most uber positive, right? Right, The most confident building, the most assuring guy. How does he create what you just said? Oh, no, I I felt it. I felt that edge. How -hmm. did he do that? How does he do that? And just from the inside, what did that Mm -hmm. look like? Hang on to that answer. We'll come right back, get that, and and then I want to swing this back around to the quarterback play because I think it's awfully relevant there as well. A lot more to come with KJ Wright. This hour is driven by Wayscar Ford. It's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710 and seattlesports.com. This this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports Station. All right, KJ Wright uh, here with us, of course. Brock and Salk Sales Sports on 710. And KJ is brought to you by Muckleshoot Casino Sportsbook. All right, so, Brock, you just asked the question. I'll kind of reframe it here for you, KJ. How, in a world of competition that Pete, it's so vital to his philosophy, how does he let you know that your job's not safe without telling you that your, you know, job's not safe? Which is what Bill Belichick did, and, and Brock sort of went through how Damon handled that, et cetera. But h- how does his positivity and his need for competition work together? Well, we all know the central th- theme of the program is competition. But the reality of your job is that I, I just feel like your job is not safe. Mm. I feel like if something happens, whether it's an injury or whether a guy proves himself in training camp, that, that job is his. Mm. You saw um, my favorite story, I guess, Brandon, Brandon Browner. In Canada, his whole career, uh, Marcus Trufant is here, Kelly Jennings is here. Well, guys, we're going to compete in training camp. That's what it's for. 
And if you could prove that you are a good football player, if you can prove that you can be trusted, this job is yours. And so Coach Carroll, he preaches that competition, but at the same time, he's letting it be known that the best man will play on this football field. And so there, there's no spots that's guaranteed. You know, the quarterback, you know, the the, the beast modes. But if there's something that's open, well, I, it's going to be taken. I, you know, it's funny. You sort of take that for granted, but I'll, I'll follow up. I didn't predict this. I wasn't anywhere close, nor mm-hmm. was just about anybody else who's watched football for a long time. Is it possible that part of the reason Gino has been as good as he's been, and by the way, when we asked Pete about him, the first thing he said was, well, he's one of the guys. That was literally <laughs> the first words out of Pete's mouth. I said, Pete, take me behind the scenes with Geno Smith. He said, he's just one of the guys. Now, I don't know whether he's making a comp to other quarterbacks that have been here or not, but I certainly, you know, my mind went there. Yeah. Does some of that mentality come because Gino had to win this job and compete for it, and he knows that it is not safe for him, and he is not he's not been handed this as like a gift from God. It's, it's yeah. here for now. Absolutely. There's, there's no better feeling than like that. Like your back is against the wall mentality. Like I got to prove each and every day who I am, what I stand for. And nothing has been given to me yet. Every day, every practice, I feel like I got to go out and prove myself. I got to go out and prove myself. And I said this for the longest. I said that, um, during our, during our time in Seattle, um, we never drafted a quarterback. Right. We never drafted a quarterback. And I get that our quarterback was absolutely phenomenal, but I believe that if you put a little, just a tad bit pressure, just a fourth, fifth round, just mm-hmm. to give a guy a little shock, like, mm-hmm. oh, shoot, okay, maybe they're looking to the future. Maybe I need to tighten my game up a little bit. That would have been well, so looked, healthy. For right. And, and, and even leaking the names of, you know, Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, guys that they looked at, even that seemed to kind of. Hey, don't look, don't leak, do it. <laughs> What are you talking about looking and leaking? If hey, they didn't look and leak when they drafted um, Kevin Pierre-Louis for me. No. They didn't look and leak when they drafted Jordan Brooks. Okay, if you want to do something, you want to put some pressure, you want to create a healthy environment, you want to put a little competition in each and every room, put it in the room. Well, isn't this what you talked about the first time you were in that studio six, seven weeks ago about accountability? That there was just a sense and a feeling right, wrong, and different, KJ, that that guy was just, you know, treated different. And by the way, that guy is Aaron Rodgers. That guy is Peyton Manning. That guy is franchise quarterbacks all over this league. That's not just the guy that was here, right? Isn't there, and, and Salk wrote about this beautifully uh, last night, and you could find that uh, online and, and, and talking At about SeattleSports.com. Thanks. And, yep. And you could talk about, hey, uh, accountability and competition. But when there isn't that at that position, what are you really preaching to the rest? Absolutely. And prime example, Green Bay Packers draft out of nowhere Jordan Love. Everybody's looking like, what the heck you doing? I'm sure Aaron Rodgers felt like, who are you? Who? What are you saying to me? Goes out there, has an MVP season. Like, okay, you want to draft a quarterback? You want to you want to send me a message? I'm gonna send you a message. Mm. And so when you don't do that. Like you're you're comfortable. You're 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 really comfortable when you don't do that in in, in a lot of positions. It's interesting. It led me to write this piece last night, as Brock mentioned, SeattleSports.com. And if you want to go read it, I'd appreciate it in general, folks. But but it, it stemmed from a conversation that Brock and I were having yesterday, which led me to say, and I didn't think I would ever say any of the parts of this statement at all. But I ended up saying Geno Smith is playing like a franchise quarterback, like an elite quarterback, but not being paid like one. And not acting like one. 
And and all of those elements, I think, are contributing to the success that mm-hmm. he and the Seahawks are having right now. He's clearly playing at an elite level. Mm-hmm. The numbers show, show it. The scouts say it. Your eyes mm-hmm. see Your it. eyes tell. I mean, like, Gino is playing like an elite quarterback right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. End of statement. Mm-hmm. But he's not being paid like one. Mm-hmm. He is the 36th highest paid quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> that means four teams have... Two quarterbacks making more than Geno Smith, right? right? So he's not costing you salary cap in that way. And he's not coming with a lot of the baggage that can accompany a franchise quarterback, which Mm -hmm. usually the Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady's, et cetera, Mm -hmm. overcome by being great. Mm -hmm. But there's a trade-off. There's some baggage that comes with a franchise quarterback that doesn't seem to be coming with Geno Smith because he knows he can't walk into the GM's office and demand players and personnel he wants. Mm-hmm. Some of the some of the negatives that come with franchise quarterbacks who are spending time cutting commercials and, you mm-hmm. know, dating supermodels or whatever else comes with the glory of that position, it's not happening with Geno Smith right, right now. All right. And that's a beautiful thing. That's why this team is looking the way it is and just talking to the fellas. He's doing the same thing. Hanging out with the guys in the cafeteria has the same routine. Um, he even with the success that he's getting, he's staying the same, staying, staying consistent, doing the same routine. And so you look at Geno. Let's get the one thing understood. I understand that he's the thirty six um, highest paid, but it, that that should not be the case next year, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so we're just looking at this man, what he's doing, what he's doing for this team. When Pete say he's one of the guys, yes, he's one of the guys. He's fitting in well with these guys. You saw the press conference with uh, DK, Tyler, Gino. When have you ever seen that? The NBA. That was so cool to see. <laughs> Just see guys happy. See guys gelling together. Man, we are doing this thing together. And so to see that, to I see think him I remember that. Well, you don't that remember cool. the the press conference that Russ and Marshawn and Doug did together? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Cut it out. <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it. It was the three. No? Oh, right, yeah. Just, pull it up. Pull sorry. It up yeah, I'll just pull that one up. Okay. No, Doug, Doug and Sherm. Right hold on. Doug, Doug and Sherm did one, if you remember back. What, Doug when Sh- Stanford won a big game or something? No, Doug and Sherm did one. I forget what they were biting back at, but they, they, those two. I actually do kind of remember that. Yeah, but not three like that. No, yeah. never never seen anything not like that. Not the three I just mentioned, that's for sure. No. Here, hey, by the way, this is the sound. This is what, you know, you, when you hear Coach Carroll talking about it, when you hear Tyler Lockett talking about it, and not just Mike and I. Well, this or is Mike Lockett at that press conference, right? Asked about why they were having so much success. It's amazing what we can accomplish when nobody cares who gets the credit. You know, my high school coach used to always talk about that basketball coach. And when you look at this team that we have, I mean, we have a bunch of guys that are willing to buy in. When you look at the rookie class, like uh, they probably haven't said 500 words since they've been here. Like they just put their head down and work like literally. And they listen, they do whatever you want them to be able to do. And they go out there and they shine each and every week. What's this talking about? What's he talking about? With the opening statement? Well, the whole thing. Um, I, th- I think I think we know what he's talking about. I, I believe that, first of all, he's talking about what they have there now. Like, they are gelling very, very well. You know, there's been games where DK I – was, I was surprised. There's been games where DK wasn't even getting targeted. But you know what? I was looking at him the whole time. How's he going to act? How's he going to respond? Is he going to throw a tantrum? Is he going to get mad? No. He was good. There's been games where Tyler was, has not gotten targeted in the third, fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Same thing. And so they just putting the team before they're putting their own personal satisfaction. And that's a beautiful thing to see. If the game plan is for Kenneth Walker to have a phenomenal game, that's the game plan. If it's for the tight ends to catch three touchdowns, that's the game plan. As long as we're winning, as long as everyone is moving in sync, we can do some really special stuff this year. So here's what happens. Sorry, Brock. That's part of it. Does he mean anything else? 
That's part of it. I, I, I believe that, you know, people were saying that he was taking shots. I, it was shocking coming from Tyler, like the opening statement. Mm. It, I don't want to say he did, but I I, I got to say that he did. He did. <laughs> he did. And, um, like, it came from nowhere. Like, what are you what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And so he came from a space. I don't think it wasn't malicious. Let's right. get that. It was not malicious, but he said it. Okay, we know where they came from, but he, he followed up very, very well. Well, here's what's going to be malicious. If Salk doesn't do his job, okay? See, 40 minutes in, KJ, we get so lost in all these stories. Salk, you have a job to do, okay? You lead That's this true. show. That's true. You're right. I do, do your <laughs> job. I do have a job to do. I got to give do away it. these tickets. I'm sorry. You. You're right. I got to give away the tickets <sighs> to go see the Seahawks and the Raiders. Uh, that's right. I do. 866-979-3776. Who... Did KJ see at a Halloween party that left him so intimidated, <laughs> so starstruck, he couldn't he, even talk to this man? Then maybe he leaked, leaked a little, right? He, he leaked and listened a little, but I he couldn't go I'm talk to I'm not going to speak to that. <laughs> Thank let's, you. Let's I, be I mean, clear. He was wearing tights at the time, for God's sakes. I'm let's, not getting involved in that. No, he was not. He was in his Michael Jackson. He turned tights. down the he tights. He were very tight Michael Jackson clothes. <laughs> no. Dude, I'm not getting involved in that. <laughs> Who was KJ intimidated by so much so that he couldn't talk to him? 866-979-3776. First person to answer. It correctly, we'll uh, we'll go to the game. Okay, let Get me turn this up a little, KJ. Let me turn up the heat just a little bit. And we'll okay. take it a little Harder, bit off. You're going to turn it up higher than that? Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. We're going to take it a little, a step, a little deeper. We've we forged enough relationship in this room that we can do this because everybody. Oh yeah, it's all about Russell. Oh, Russell won the credit. Oh, Russell's a franchise guy. Oh, it's so nice now to not have it. Okay, well hold on a second. I also watched a defense. Right, that that was not the same defense in 15, 16, 17 as it was in 11 and 12. I watched a safety become the highest paid safety. I watched the other safety become the highest paid safety. I watched a corner become one of the highest paid corners. Watched a couple linebackers get theirs and the middle backer in particular. Right? And are, are you telling me that there was never animus? Are you telling me that that crew never fought for credit? You telling me that that crew was singing Kumbaya together still? And, hey, man, we're all about the team. Or or was it about the LOB? Or was it about our defense? And was it about our credit that we deserve too? Brock, you're not going there, are you? Oh, just a little. You're not going there. I think he did go there. (laughs) I'm dipping my toe in just a little. I think he's saying that the – I think it's a fair question. Was oh, it's, it's were there fair. a lot of people when Tyler Lockett says when no one cares who's taking credit, is Russ the only one that he's sort of alluding to, maybe? Or were there other people in that in that in that locker room that had some of the same issues? Y'all are going deep today. Um absolutely. That's that's just the truth. That's just the truth of this game. When you see somebody get paid, you like, oh, I'm. I feel like I should have gotten paid. That when you see a middle linebacker get paid, what he got paid, some people in the building may feel like, oh, you shouldn't put that much money into a middle linebacker. Though people chirp in that building, mm. they chirp, they chirp, and um, people just like to feel like this is an alpha male. This is an alpha male sport. Everybody want to be the head honcho, and when you see somebody getting a little more than what you get, or getting a little more recognition or notoriety. For some reason, people just feel like that should be mine. And um, a lot of egos, a lot of a lot of testosterone. And so it definitely was on the defensive side as well. And um, you definitely saw it. Okay, so what is that old saying about history, Salk? If we don't learn from it, we're bound to repeat it. Something along those lines. So if we know that happened, and we know that unfortunately this is the trade-off of a lot of success. When you're a top corner and a top safety and a top backer and you have all this production, guess what? You earned it. You just said about Gino. 
hey, man, he's earned next year, and, and, and that's the way that this thing works. Mm-hmm. But if we also know the challenges that come with those kind of paydays and that kind of chirping, what do John Schneider and Pete Carroll do with this iteration? Like, how do they handle it? Yeah. What do they do now? with How do, this, how do they do it differently? Group? How do you eliminate a credit pie yeah. and eliminate chirping? It's, it's, it's part of the game, Brock. It's, it's a part of the game, and it's, it's going to come. That's why you have to – you see all the teams, you got to capture that Super Bowl before all the stuff comes. Mm-hmm. you got to capture the Super Bowl within this next four years. It's, it's, it's mandatory. You get it before, you know, you make Tariq the highest-paid guy. When um, when um, Jordan Brooks – like, it's, it's coming. It's inevitable. And, um, and especially with the unit I had, the personalities <laughs> I had, it was some personalities that you had to manage – and um, like I play, you play with nothing but Hall of Famers, bro. Yeah. You play, I play with nothing but Hall of Famers, and guys, they looked at that. They's like, "This is, I'm the best. I'm the best." We played together. We played as a unit. But at the end of the day, that's if you're not first, you're last. Yeah. That's the, that's the same. If you're not first, you're last. Tariq's gonna get paid too, huh? He is. Did they 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 barely threw at him. I mean, you watched that game on Sunday. Then what they did, did they target him twice? Yep, and he t- he broke up one. He broke up one, and he mm-hmm. nearly picked the other. Mm-hmm. You, you can't even throw at him. You know mm-hmm. what's interesting, KJ, is in this conversation, I'm just thinking about Pete at USC and the dynasty that he built, the national championships, numbers that were off the charts, draft picks off the charts. Mm-hmm. But every three years, man, it turned over. Yeah. Right, like there were there, he didn't have to do the, this part of it. He didn't have to do the managing. Salk, you said it yesterday. It was you know this this crew is about teaching, and it's not having to manage all those relationships. And yeah. you're kind of putting him in his staff right in the sweet <laughs> spot, aren't you? Yeah, and, and I don't want I can't let too much out the building. But I've been a part of some stuff where you see guys like I don't even want to be next. We're, we're set by positions the way our lockers are. It's set by positions. I've had guys take their locker and get moved to the other side of the room. Like, bro, away, what from, you, away from their position? Like, what are you What are you mad about, bro? What are you upset about? Like, what's the problem? Like, you have the money. You have the Pro Bowls. You got all the notoriety, but is uh, is that not enough? Huh. Don't ask me who. I'm not asking but you who. You just see little stuff that we had to deal with right. in, in our locker room. Like, man, we're all successful. We're all, we all came from... Essentially, um, our family making seventy thousand dollars a year. Here we are, multi-millionaires, but enough isn't enough for for some guys. And so that's gotta be so frustrating. It's it's so frustrating because when you look at football, it's like it's the way I look at it. It's about the guys. It's about us. Obviously, there's an individual aspect to it. You got to set yourself up. But at the end of the day, once you get yourself set up, gel with the guys, move with the guys. Don't make this game about you. Don't ever make the game about you. If things not going your way, if you're not in the game plan, like, man, just just go with the flow. That's my style. You know what, KJ? I told Salg this, and you know what? Looking back on it, I didn't think that much of it then. I thought, well, I'm a little lonely down here with the kicker and punter, but that's okay. <laughs> I don't have to be on. But, but, Pey- but Peyton, you know what Peyton did in the locker room? Mm-hmm. He what put himself it? right in the middle of the O-line lockers. He was right next to Jeff Saturday and Tariq Glenn and those guys. His locker was right with all the old linemen. Yeah. And, gosh, I do wonder just aloud, like, what if, you know, Russ would have put or in Gino in this kid, put yourself right there. It was, a, it was a brilliant move. I think it was Peyton initiated. And did they fight at times? Yes. Yeah. But when you're stuck right there as family, right in the middle of it, mm. and you don't isolate and you don't yeah. separate, man, you build. Yep, absolutely. And, Brock, you know, after walkthrough, after lunch – 
everyone goes and sits in their locker. Yep. And what happens was Cliff Averill was my locker mate who's going to be on the show next week. Like, we we gelled. We talked. We bonded. Like, we talked about football. We talked about finances. We created a relationship. And I believe that when you look at where you place in the locker room, some guys can isolate them. You can really isolate yourself in a locker room. You could be next to Tyler Ott and um, the Jason Myers. Yeah. Like, I love those guys. Cool dudes. But we're not going to There's grab only so much they can say. Yeah. There's only- <laughs> They're not really football players. There's only so much right. you can say and we talk about and connect on. And um, we just look at certain things. You got to be connected with your teammates. When I talked on the show, he asked me, obviously, about Russell. I said, was he, he asked me, was he a bad teammate? I said, he wasn't a bad teammate. I just wish that he was a little more present and connected mm-hmm. with the fellas. Because at the end of the day, it's all about the brotherhood. And when you take your locker and you take yourself to the other side, you're sending a message to the team. You're sending a message to the organization. Like, oh, I'm here. I'm in the building. But I'm not quite you here. You said at you the weren't going to mention names. You said you weren't going to. didn't mention names. No <laughs> names mentioned. Here. Oh yeah, yeah. Who's the, who's the funniest teammate? Who makes you laugh? Or or maybe what's who surprise? Who would surprise people? That turns out to be one of the funniest teammates you ever had. I thought the light in our locker room was Ricardo Lockett. Huh. He was the light in our locker room, and when he left, that took a big blow from us. He was just so positive, like, <laughs> this, dude can make a, this dude can make a joke out of anything. And his laugh, the way he laughed at his own jokes, mm. was just as funny as anything. And so um, my, one of my favorite teammates of all time, and um, just that light that you need Isn't in the like going, He went to law school or something. After. Didn't he just do something interesting after he was Did playing? He, I've yeah. always been very – I've always liked Ricardo yeah. Lockett. Luke, as a, Luke Wilson was another guy. Yeah. He just um, come in with his pale skin, wearing those little white pants, <laughs> and getting, getting the whole team to wear those little white pants on Thursday. Mm. Yeah. Just a guy that you need in the locker room. Hey, do we have a winner, by the way? Do we have a? Do we, do we oh, sure we do. Yeah, yeah. Chuck. Uh, congratulations, Chuck. Oh, Chuck. Nice Chuck job. Chuck won the tickets. Way to go, Chucky! So oh, we also Chuck. had a Twitter question that uh, oh, yeah. we were going to ask. Uh, Sarah was watching you on the Cowherd show, and she wants to know about all the jerseys in the background and who you've collected. If it's all defensive players? No, no, no. It's, uh, it's a few guys. I have. Um, you know, I have Russ. I have. Um, who do I have? Cam, Bobby's, Coach Norton. Ken Norton Jr., mm. Dallas Cowboys, number 51. My favorite jersey hung up on my wall is from the Red Sea, um, Arizona Cardinals, Larry Fitzgerald. When he uh, gave me his jersey, I was like, dang, this is this is a freaking man. This is Larry mm. Fitzgerald. And um, so, yeah, that's that was, I have a few. I got about 25. When you got Russ's jersey, you have to go through his management company in order to get it. Oh, ask for Will that you directly. Stop, stop. I'm sorry. Marshawn brought it up. It's not me. I'm, I'm, I'm playing on what Marshawn said. No, we sat beside each All other right, and okay. we signed it, wrote love letters checking. to each other. Wow. Love you, man. That's very, that must have been very sweet. And then we exchanged. Oh, that sounds nice. What is it like for you watching him? It's cool. It's cool. Um, Did I you wake want- up early? Did you wake up early to watch the? I woke up at like seven, seven. Yeah. I got like the second quarter. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just want to see a complete game. I just want to see a complete game, not just a fourth quarter, you know, mm-hmm. deep shot. I just want to see a complete football. It's game. Funny, isn't it funny that he did the things that he was doing well here and has not done really at all in Denver in order when he hit a deep ball. Yeah, and he used his legs. Yeah, with his very, very real injury to his hamstring. Very real. It's very real. <laughs> and he used it. Uh, those just, hot, those um, hot knees paid off. They, they, they must have because he good. was just fine running to 
Yeah, that the high knee thing is bad, isn't it? It was bad, but it, it worked though. It worked. Why everyone was asleep? He was up. He was. Hey, uh, I got one last thing right, for you, thing. KJ, because I'm a little. I, I'll be honest with you, man. I'm a little nervous about this Sunday. Right down there in that oh, building I, that has been terrible. Not alone. It has been three weeks of, of winning. It's been a lot of prosperity. It's been a lot of applause. It's been a lot of Gino in the MVP race, handling prosperity, handling success, something yeah. that these rookies and this crew has not done. And Arizona can make you look bad. They're aggressive. They're fast. They're athletic. They've got Nuke Hopkins back. You going to say he the wasn't there the last time. Up. Uh-uh. This one Sunday – this, this one this one smells a little bit like they better be absolutely on it Sunday absolutely afternoon. and um just rewind to the last game you just saw our offense was in it, it was a struggle there for a while and so you you add that you need these guys to play better I need to see a phenomenal game plan for number 10 DeAndre Hopkins he's gonna be on Tariq's side he's gonna be on Tariq's side and um I'm looking to see how creative they get with whether they choose to double team him whether they just let Tariq do his thing on Would the you other let side Tariq of the ball? go wherever he goes nope nope Nope, absolutely not. Let Mike Jack stay over there. But wherever Tariq, wherever um, DeAndre Hopkins is, you, everyone on the defense needs to be aware. Hmm. Whether they squat on his side, have a corner play in the flats with a safety over the top, whether it's man-to-man, whether it's just straight double-team him. And so they need a phenomenal game plan. Make somebody else mm-hmm. beat you. Yep. Make somebody else beat you. Let A.J. Green or uh, what's the new dude they got? Uh, Anderson. Make him beat you. Do not let DeAndre Hopkins take over Can you cut up game. that pocket on the road like you did at home against Kyler, that term that you used beautifully with us four weeks ago? Can that, you cut? Can you do that same thing on the road? Absolutely. That's mandatory. That's that's the essential part of the game plan. Bruce had a pretty good game. Absolutely. Did you talk and, to Bruce after? Yeah, I was at, Bruce's birthday was yesterday. Okay. Yeah, we was all out. He must pretty, be sore. <laughs> How did you know? Because <laughs> well, he's—that's the first thing he said. <laughs> he was like, "Hey, I'm hurting." I was like, "Bro, you should be hurting." Played like 48 snaps. He went from crazy. 20. He went from 20 plays to 48 plays. Yeah. Remember, he was—he was at home three right. weeks ago. Yeah. Yes, that's that's going to take some time. I didn't know he was sore. I just knew he was sore. I mean, like, I didn't talk to the man. I just had a pretty good guess that he might be pretty sore. All yeah. right, KJ, great stuff as always. Thank you. Yeah. You said Cliff's coming up with Cliff? Oh, yeah. Cliff Averill, ladies and gentlemen, right. will be in the building next wow. week. I'm sorry, coming in? I'm sorry I didn't tell you guys. This early? No, no, he's going to call in. Oh, I was going to oh, say, there's no way Cliff's coming in this early. In. It's too early for Cliff. And Brock, thank you. Thank you for that question, man. That, that, was, that was good. No. no one has ever asked that. What's that? About the credit pie? About the credit pie on the opposite side of the ball. Mm, no one right. has ever touched that. Uh, yeah. The narrative, narrative runs deep. Brock KJ, def- I get paid to ask questions. That's my job. <laughs> He'll defend quarterbacks at all costs. Just give it time. All right, KJ, great stuff as always. Remember, you, if you missed even a second of this, go uh, download it at seattlesports.com or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it, and we'll send out some videos of some of the fun stuff from today. He's KJ Wright. He'll be back next week, Wednesday at 8 o'clock, and we'll be right back. Brock and Salk, Sales Sports on 710. This hour, driven by Waste Scarf. Ford.